Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB. It is 2.05 on this Friday afternoon. We're coming up on the 20th anniversary of the flood of the century. And of course, we've had floods subsequent to 1997, 2011, the latest large-scale flood. But we can typically prepare for those things ahead of time. And there's a country in the Western Hemisphere that I think would love to go 20 years or six years between major natural catastrophes, Brett McGarry. Talking about Haiti. And in October, Hurricane Matthew, massive Category 4 hurricane caused widespread devastation, flooding, severely damaged roads and buildings, large-scale displacement, crop lost, people already affected by food insecurity, malnutrition. Altogether, 2 million people were affected, almost half of them children. Four months later, there are Canadian-supported relief efforts including from the Food Grains Bank, which is a Winnipeg-based humanitarian aid agency made up of 15 member agencies working together to end global hunger. And joining us live from Haiti is the executive director of the Food Grains Bank, Jim Cornelius. Jim, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it, sir. Well, thanks for hosting and inviting me on. Well, the work you do is absolutely essential, Jim. And maybe you could just give us an idea of where you are exactly on the uh, in the country of Haiti. Well, I'm in a location that it looks very different than the flatlands of Manitoba. We're back in the mountainous areas of the southern peninsula um, of Haiti, and it's quite dramatic landscape. Uh, to, I'm standing on the edge of a a very steep uh, escarpment right now, and um, there are fields here of some beans that are growing. But um, we're right way back up into the mountains in a very isolated part of this um, peninsula where um, people are, you know, long ways away from sort of the the city and um, the major markets. Now, I mentioned that Haiti would love to go six years without a major uh, catastrophic uh, event, uh, courtesy of Mother Nature. According to the World Bank, Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere and uh, one of the poorest countries in the developing world. It's per capita income, $250. Is that a year? $250? My goodness, yeah. Jim, talk about the fact that 80% of the rural Haitian population lives in poverty. And I'm from the picture that you're painting with your eloquent words, uh, that's exactly where you are. Talk about what living conditions are like uh, normally, let alone following a major Category 4 hurricane. Well, back up in this um, part of Haiti, um, people are you know, trying to farm on the edges of the, of the mountains and places they can find land. The um, the land is very degraded, and um, there's been a lot of topsoil loss and um, deforestation, and so so you see um, very poor soil conditions, and people are trying to make a living growing crops in these in these conditions. And um, there are groups here that we've been partnering with, you know, that are partnering with now that have been up here trying to improve some of the agricultural methods to see if they can. Um, increase the productivity and particularly reduce the soil erosion. It's very extensive soil erosion. And so then when you have a hurricane come through, like um, Hurricane Matthew, it just creates further um, destruction of the of the natural environment. The tree cover is, um, you know, there's, there are many trees still standing, but many of them don't have much um, 
many leaves or branches left on them. So it's a pretty harsh environment right now. Jim Cornelius is the executive director of the Food Grains Bank, a Winnipeg-based humanitarian aid agency made up of 15 member agencies working together to end global hunger. And Jim, I understand that today you actually were at the distribution site where people are coming to pick up their emergency rations. Yeah, we are at two places. One, there's a distribution going on, but we are also just up in the hills um, where they've been constructing a road. We've been provi- um, providing the food on a food-for-work basis where people work in the, on community projects in exchange for the food that they need and at the same time are constructing a, a road back further into the hills there that allow the most isolated communities to have better access to to the markets to get their products out, but not just that, be able to get to hospital, they need care, all those sort of things, because they can be very cut off from services out in these um, remote areas. So so we were there with the Canadian ambassador, Paula Caldwell, to sort of inaugurate the new road that has been constructed, all done by hand and labor of men and women in the community. And in exchange, they were getting food, which they were deeply appreciative of. So, Jim, talk about why it's important that this not be a long-term visit, that this really is about regenerating economy and and for these people not to become completely dependent on, on the Food Grains Bank. Yeah, I mean, this food that we're providing is um, will be a short-term um, until um, the crops start coming off. I mean, there are people are trying to get back. They're hoping the rains will will return. The, the main rains will return in March here, and people are preparing their land, you can see already. And um, they already did some crop production during the winter season with uh, shorter rains, but this will be the major ones where they hope to get some of their uh, major crops in. Um, and if all goes well, they'll start getting you know, growing the crops again. But we're working with a partner here that has long-term investment in this community. They've been here for many years working with the community and are really trying to say, what do we have to do to sort of both help with the um, developing a more resilient agricultural system to reduce the erosion and to really strengthen people's livelihoods. At the same time, there are others here working more on the housing. As I just look down on the hill in front of me right now, I still see many, um, many houses here where people are still ha- using a tarp to to cover it, and just, they have not fully been able to rebuild at all. Um, and that will take a while. Others have, have managed to get um, metal roofing back onto their homes and get their accommodations back in shape, and they've been supported in that. And so it's a long-term um, recovery effort here, but we really do need to be looking at, at the long term and how do we develop more resilient and strengthen livelihoods back in these areas. And I, I'm encouraged by the spirit of the people. They're very resilient themselves. Um, They've been knocked down before, they get back up, they carry on, and they're deeply appreciative of people coming alongside them to try and figure out what can be long-term solutions. Jim, can you maybe just tell us a little bit about uh, the Food Grains Bank and how far back this organization goes? Yeah, the Canadian Food Grains Bank was started on the prairies by by farmers who wanted to share uh, some of their abundance as, um, as the scriptures say, you know, you're supposed to take 10%, the first fruits of your land, and make sure it's available for the widow, for the orphan, for the um, 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 those in need. And, um, and so they wanted to do the same sort of principle. And they created this food bank through the Mennonite Center Committee to actually set up the structure so that it could be shared with people across the oceans. And um, 
And initially it was said the Mennonite Center Committee, and then they invited other churches to become part of it. And and we now are working in 40 countries around the world, responding to emergencies, but also working on long-term development, working on nutrition issues, health issues, to ensure that um, mothers are giving their children the best um, best nutrition they can and um, become a real Canadian success story. And we have farmers and others supporting it from Prince Edward Island to the Fraser Valley. According to the information I have in front of me, $3 million in donations from Manitobans to the Canadian Food Grains Bank just for Manitoba last year. It's an incredible uh, operation and the things you do are incredible incredibly important jim i want to thank you for taking some time with us i'm so glad we had such a clear connection and and uh look forward to meeting you in person one day you're doing great work my friend yeah and um, we didn't know whether we'd have cell coverage up on this mountainside here and we were really happy to see four bars appearing on my cell phone and um <laughs> i go you know a little bit down the road here i mean we get no service so we really appreciate you taking the time to call and um and um, appreciate the support of so many Manitobans for this work. Thank you, sir. Okay. Bye. Bye Bye-bye now. Jim Cornelius joining us from Haiti. He's the executive director of the Food Grains Bank. Uh, This is an incredibly uh, successful and generous Winnipeg-based humanitarian aid agency made up of 15 member agencies working together to end global hunger. They're actually one of the government of Canada's two official channels for delivering emergency Mm. food assistance around the world. The Canadian government matches donations to the Food Grains Bank on a four-to-one basis, up to $25 million a year. So start out in the prairies... 35 years ago, uh, Mennonite Farmers, and uh, it's grown into this giant organization that uh, helps people around planet Earth. It is 2.15 on 680 CJOB. After your forecast, we're going to talk a little bit about a facelift for MTS Center. Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB. Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB.